Hello, my name is Benjamin Pace, and this is the No Content Podcast, the podcast that I started because I wanted to have a podcast before everyone does. We have no content for ducks. Look at who you came to see. We're the no contempt ducks. You better bow when we step on the street. Yeah, yeah. That's a. I don't know where that song came from. I think Tony Baker actually maybe made that song up, but I just because it has the ducks thing and you know because don't because ducks and no contempt ducks. I don't really know where that came from and how that originated. I just, um, you know, I'll tell you this, uh, maybe it's, maybe this is why, uh, when I was about three years old, this is, this is hard to talk about. I'm not going to lie. This is a, this is kind of traumatic. Uh, when I was three years old, um, I, I was, uh, I was assaulted by, uh, by a goose. I was assaulted by a goose. Uh, I, I, uh, a, I was, I was, uh, I was just minding my business, you know, as three-year-olds do. And, uh, there were these geese. There was a group of geese and they were, they were doing, you know, they were walking around as geese do. And, um, I, you know, I, I don't remember exactly what happened. We had an exchange. We had an interaction of some kind. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, um, particularly, but we, we, we encountered each other. And I, I feel like if I would have been able to speak goose, I would have heard them like challenging me and, and maybe cussing at me in like a gang, you know, like a goose gang. And, um, but I don't speak geese, so there was no way for me to know that. So I was assuming that they were inviting me in to, to do, you know, be, be pals. And, uh, I, I, I was, I'm three years old, you know, a, a goose is like quacking at me. I'm like, he wants to be friends. And, uh, so I, you know, naturally thought that, that, that was the case. And, uh, that was, that was not, that was not the case. And, uh, this, this goose did not like me. Uh, nearly as much as I I, th- I thought I liked him, and uh, yeah, he, I mean, you know, I, I, he was probably about three quarters of my height at the time. He was a big guy, and and I, I don't know, like they were just chilling. Like I really, in my memory, I'm just seeing like this neighborhood gang of geese, and I know that's probably not how it actually was. I'm I'm certainly we must have been by a pond. There must have been a logical reason for us to be, you know, around this this group of geese, but you know, in my memory, that's just what I'm seeing. I'm seeing like, you know, I'm like, I may, if I'm remembering correctly, I feel like he had like a backwards hat on and and maybe like he was like, had a yo-yo and he's chewing gum. I don't know. Maybe that's just my memory, but uh, you know, I, anyway, I, uh, I turned my back on this goose and, uh, well, you know how the, how the saying goes, you should never turn your back on a goose. And, uh, I don't, I don't know if that's an actual saying, but it is now. And, uh, this goose, he bit me and he bit me hard and he bit me on, on, uh, on the, on, on the rear, the rear, uh, bunions is, is where he bit me. And, 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 you know, which is smart because, you know, it's, I'm sure if he would have bit me anywhere else, it, it wouldn't have been nearly as, as comfortable, but that's where he bit me. He, he bit me. I was three years old and, and I got bit on the bunions by a goose and I'll never forget that. I, I still remember, I still remember vividly what that was like. 
And, uh, but maybe, maybe, you know, that's why I'm purposely saying I have no contempt for ducks. Maybe it's like a, maybe it's like a, ha, you know, ducks are smaller, but you know, they're getting more attention because you don't deserve it. Goose duck, duck, goose. Ha <laughs> ha. Cause duck comes before goose, you know, I don't know. I'm still working that out. The Lord is still helping me to work that out in my soul and, and to kind of, you know, he's restoring my soul about that. Anyway, uh, today is, is the third, uh, podcast that I'm releasing in, uh, what is intended to be a four part podcast. Um, the reason I say it was what it's intended is because typically speaking, when I do a series, um, and say it's going to be this amount usually ends up being longer. So we'll just see what happens. But this is part three of a, of a, a, a series that I'm doing and I'm releasing these all sequentially, uh, for Valentine's day. And I'm not doing my normal every Monday, every week, release a podcast thing that I have been doing. I'm just releasing these. And cause honestly, I'm probably going to just let these sit for a while. I'm probably going to not do a podcast for a couple of weeks, maybe, maybe a month. I don't know. And just kind of let these sit and, and let people uh, listen to them at their convenience and their leisure. I'll probably post them here and there just to kind of promote them. But um, this is just how I felt impressed to do this. And so I'm going to cover some topics that I feel like are relevant to Valentine's Day and romance and love and things of that nature. And just some stuff that I have on my heart to talk about and so far to kind of recap, uh, I talked about the God of romance and I talked about how, how God is a romantic and how, you know, romance is supposed to start in our relationship with Jesus. And then, um, when we got into a podcast called the one and, and talking about the idea of, you know, is there a person who's the one, you know, do, is there the one kind of thing, soulmate, things of that nature. Some people say there is, some people say there's not, you know, just go into what does the Bible say about it? And, and that kind of thing. And that's a very interesting podcast to get into. And today, um, I want to get into a topic called a threefold cord. And uh, we're going to read some scripture to go along with this. But I want to talk about developing a healthy romantic relationship. And, and I know a lot of people want to know, uh, Ben, what's your, uh, you know, what's your, what's your kind of um, re, you know, uh, repertoire or whatever. What's your, what's, what's your, you know, uh, credibility in this? You know, are you, are you a relationship coach or you do you have, you done this, you have a degree in this. And, and, and the truth is, no, I don't have any of that. Um, the thing I have is the word of God. And I believe that I have a grace, um, to preach the word of God. And I don't say that pridefully, but I, I do believe that's true. And that's why I'm even doing this podcast. If I didn't believe that, I shouldn't be doing it. I need to shut up and go do something else. Um, but uh, I, I'm basing this on the Word of God and, and, and revelation from the Word of God. And some some personal experience, some things like that. But but more than that, um, what really that's the best foundation that you can have. And uh, listen, you can listen to the relationship coaches. You can do all that stuff. You can get the books if you want to. Um, but... Uh, today we're just going by what the word of God has to say. And I'd encourage you to let the word of God be your foundation, um, before you go to anything else. Anyway, so today's podcast is a threefold cord and I want to read this scripture as always, not this scripture as always, but a scripture as always. It says in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, and I know that Ecclesiastes is one of those books that you kind of just, you know, pick out the, the jelly beans that you want. But it says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. 
For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one be, may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And it says this, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Some translations say not easily broken. Uh, I have a friend who, <laughs> you know, he he's uh, in times past, he was single for a long time and uh, he was believing, you know, God for a wife and, and really, you know, wanting to get married. And, but he, he had a, he had two guy roommates and, and he was, he was living with his two guy roommates. And, you know, what he told, he tells a story of one night he was in laying in bed and, and he brought this scripture to the Lord and he's like, you know, Lord, you know, the Bible says that, that how can, how can someone, uh, how can someone be warm unless they lie down together, you know, and he was, you'd kind of, kind of just appealing to God about his wanting to, to get married. And he said, right about the time he was telling God that one of his roommates came in and said, Hey, Ken, I thought you might be cold. Here's an extra blanket. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, he thought that was, that was like God's sense of humor, but Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, so it, it gives us that that term. The threefold cord is not quickly broken. And just and just to to kind of give a picture of that, it's like you have a rope that you know a rope is it's it's tw- it's twirled, it's twisted, it's it's weaved together, and you have like the middle of the rope, which is the core of it, is what makes it strong. And then you have a layer around that, and you have a layer around that. It's a threefold cord, and, and you have three layers of this cord, and that's what makes it strong. And, you know, some people, uh, you see this as used a lot in, in wedding ceremonies, and, and they say that a threefold cord is the man, the woman, and God all weave together. It can't be broken. And that is a good example. I believe that's accurate, and uh, I, I support that a lot. But I want to approach this from a little bit of different perspective today, and I want to talk about, you know, what kind of being we are and how that translates to, to healthy relationships. And uh, in the sense of a, having a threefold cord that can't be broken. In First Thessalonians 5.23, it says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he gives us three things that we are. We're a spirit we have a soul and we live in a body. We are a spirit, soul, and body. Those are, and you know, some people misquote that and they say body, soul, and spirit, but really the correct order of that is spirit, soul, and body. And that's, that's what we are. A lot of people don't think we have a spirit. They think we're just body and they don't even think we have a soul. They think we're just, we're just flesh and blood and, and this is it. But the Bible says we have a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Our, our spirit is the core of who we are. It's our inner man. It's the part of us that communicates with God. If, if you're, you know, to get more into that, you can refer back to the series I did called GPS, where we talked about being led by the Spirit of God. But our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's a, it's a deeper part of us, and it's not tangible. You can't just touch that part of us, and yet it's a very real part of who we are. And then our body is the part that of us that you can see and touch and, and taste and feel. And you, you, that's that physical part of who we are. And, and all three of those were created by God, and they're right. Um, but there's a, is an important principle to find in this verse of the order of those three things. And I'm going to say this just in the beginning, uh, healthy relationships are supposed to have three layers. And, uh, you know, he gave you the rope example. It's like, you know, if you're building a home, you know, you don't, you don't 
paint the house and put the shingles on first. You don't you don't decorate the house first. No, the first thing you do when you're building a home is you, is you lay a foundation. And, and the foundation is not the part that's the most fun or exciting or fun to look at. It's not even the part that you enjoy the most. But without the foundation, the house really is in danger of falling and it can't really stand. You know, it reminds me of when Jesus said a wise man builds his house on the rock by hearing and doing the sayings of Jesus. And when the pressure comes that, that when there's a foundation laid that it can withstand the pressure. But if, if that foundation is not laid, then there's, there's pressure that comes that will break and, and cause that to collapse. And, and it's the same way with our relationships. You know, um, really, the proper order of a good romantic relationship is spirit, soul, and body. And let me expound on what I mean by that. And we'll get into each part of that a little bit. Um, the first thing that you should have with a person is a spiritual connection. And, and, and what I mean by that is you, there should be a sense of not only is God in the middle of this relationship, but we're on the same page spiritually we connect spiritually, we're in agreement spiritually, and we are not on, in two different universes when it comes to what we believe and, and where we're at spiritually and with our beliefs. And, and I hesitate to use the term religion, but, but you know, in the sense of what you believe. Where are you at with that? Do you connect spiritually? And and it's not just a matter of, you know, some people, you know, even especially Christians, you know, you, you hear that thing. It's just like, oh, well, you, you can't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So they're like, okay, well, uh, you know, so I got to make sure I, you know, I get with a Christian. And, and some people, I think they, you know, they see people and they're like, they're hot. So it's like, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to just do what First John 4 says and just kind of test the spirit, you know, and, and, and to see, you know, and they're like, do you confess Jesus Christ come in the flesh? Like, oh yeah, okay, great. Let's get married. Married. And that's kind of the way they approach that as if they're testing a spirit. That's a totally different context, though. That's not what we're talking about here. And, and that's not really the way you want to approach a relationship. You know, just because somebody claims to be a Christian, that's a good start. Um, but there's more to it than that. You know, you want to be on the same page with people spiritually. You want to believe the same. You, you want to have the same heart. And, and you should have time to establish a connection with a person over spiritual things and, and, and be on the same page spiritually, to be on, on, the, same, uh, on the same level spiritually, to be, um, have, the, have a similar um, uh, sense of, of maturity when it comes to spiritual things and the things of God. And you don't want to just be with somebody who, who just doesn't value what you value spiritually, who, who you can't connect with spiritually. Maybe, maybe you can connect with them emotionally. Lord knows you can probably connect with them physically, but that's the thing is that you, you can connect with just about anybody who's attractive physically. That doesn't, that's not enough to hold up a relationship. You can connect with people emotionally. If you spend enough time with them, uh, your soul automatically gets attached to people that you spend a lot of time with, but that's still not enough to keep the house from falling. There has to be a deeper foundation that is laid first. You know, in Ecclesiastes 3, it says this, where again, we're picking out our Ecclesiastes jelly beans. Um, it says, there's a lot of black ones in there we got to watch out for, you know. Uh, it says this, uh, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. Watch this, it says, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. 
there's a time to embrace in relationships. There is a time to to express affection on a deep and 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 real uh, level, but there's also a time to refrain from embracing, and, and, and that time is when you are still establishing spiritual things, when you are still laying a spiritual foundation. Because if you don't have that first, then you're building on sand, and a lot of people get these things out of order. They 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 get in a relationship. And they don't have self-control. So it's like the first or second date, you see they're already just all over each other. And they're making out and they're doing all this stuff. And it's just like, whoa, slow, slow down, buddy. You know, I love a story that I've told this story actually um, before. And I'll actually tell it again in the next podcast uh, because it it applies. But, you know, uh, my pastor, um, his name is Keith Moore, pastors Faith Life Church in Branson, Missouri. Uh, He's well known in some circles, other circles not so much. But he tells a story back when he was um, a a Bible teacher at Raymond Bible College in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, this is way back in the 80s. And, uh, And he said there was this couple who would go outside every day. And he had this big window that oversaw the parking lot. And and he said they would just sit there and just just go for it. They would just have a makeout session. They would just be all over each other. And and you know he said he he tolerated it for as long as he could. But it was you know it makes you feel awkward. People are just you know it's like you know the as the saying goes, get a room. But this couple wasn't even married, and that was the thing. So he walks outside. And he's like, uh, hey, guys, can I ask y'all a question? And they knew him. Yeah, they were in his class. And they're like, yeah, Brother Keith, absolutely. And he said, are, are y'all married? And they said, well, n- no, um, but we're, we're going to get married. We're planning on getting married soon. And, uh, and he said, well, I, I understand that. He said, but, uh, well, to be honest with you, going to get married uh, is the exact same thing as not married. And, uh, and he just gave him that little piece of advice. And the reason why I said that is he makes this point, you know, when the hormones are talking, when the flesh is talking, when, when that's all like at DEFCON five and, and you're still trying to get to know somebody and you're still trying to find out more about people and, and even connecting with them emotionally. And yet, and yet your flesh is already, you know, uh, up to gone from mild to medium to spicy. And it's like, okay, hold on. Like we need to cool our jets. We need to chill out here because there's a reason for that. Because if you're making the wrong connection at the wrong time, you're building the wrong foundation. And, and just like it says here, there's a time to embrace and there's a time to refrain from embracing. I'll make this statement to you. The right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. There is a time for that, and we'll get into that in just a second. But you know, the first thing that you should be establishing in a relationship is where you're at spiritually, that spiritual connection. And not just like, oh, let's have one conversation about finding out what we believe. No, I mean taking time to, to get to know that person spiritually, to get to know their, their spirit, to, to get to know what they value, to get to know their heart, to, to, to know them and to know, hey, what kind of person are they? Where are they at spiritually? That's what I'm talking about, having that time of spiritual connection. In, uh, in Galatians 5, I'm going to read a couple of verses in Galatians 5. It says, in verse 18, starting, it says, If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. But, you know, a lot of people talk about not being under the law, but they're also not being led by the Spirit. And it says this, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are these, adultery, 
fornication, which is any kind of sex outside of the marriage covenant, uncleanness, lewdness, other, other translations say lasciviousness, which is no restraint. We're going to get more into that in the next podcast. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and watch this, self-control. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. There's a lot of people, <laughs> like I said, they have uh, they have not being under the law. They have that down pat. They have that to a, to a science. They are experts at not being under the law, but they're still not being led by the Spirit because the Spirit is not in charge. And the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. A lot of people ask the question, well, well, you know, how, how far is too far? You know, it's like, you know, can we, can we do this? Can we do that? I mean, this is, and it's like, they, they want to toe the line of morality. They want to toe the line of what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do before marriage. And and let me just make this statement to you. Uh, The moment that self-control begins to take the back seat, you are stepping into compromise because the truth is self-control is a fruit of the spirit. And the moment that self-control starts to disappear, you are stepping out of the spirit. And when the fruit of the spirit is overrun, like Thessalonians tells us, the spirit is quenched. And we have to watch that. We're supposed to first, before we get into all that stuff, we're supposed to have a spiritual connection. And then after that, there should be a season of connecting emotionally. There should be a time of talking to each other. There should be a time of spending time together, getting to know them. And, and it is good to to be able to spend time together, to be able to connect emotionally. That's a good thing. That's a healthy part of a relationship. That's a healthy stage of a relationship. Uh, it's not always supposed to be just spiritual. It's just supposed to be in order. You're supposed to get the spiritual things first and then connect emotionally. This is making that threefold cord that can't be broken. You're supposed to to connect emotionally, but still it comes after the spirit. It should be spirit, soul, and then body. So let's keep going here. It says this in Galatians 6, 8, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, it says this, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. In the classic Amplified, it says it this way, that you should be separated and set apart, and that you should abstain and shrink from all sexual vice. And what is all sexual vice? It's all sexual vice. <laughs> it's like, what? I don't know what I to say it. It's just, it's pretty plain. Uh, but you know, uh, when you honor God's way of doing things in your relationship, he will bless your relationships. And like I said, um, you know, there's a, an order to these things. There's supposed to be a spiritual connection. There's supposed to be an emotional connection. And after that, there's supposed to be a physical connection. And, you know, uh, let me just say this. If you have the spiritual part down and you feel like it's a right relationship, if you feel like God's in it, you feel like you connect spiritually. And if you have an emotional connection with them and you feel like you're connecting emotionally, listen, there's, there's no reason that you shouldn't plan on marrying that person as long as you feel like it's the right thing. And once you get married, you will like have the rest of your life to, to establish the physical connection. 
not, and I'm not just talking about sex. I'm talking about sex, but all these other things that go with it, that physical connection, because Jesus said that a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife and the two of them shall become one flesh. So that, that is a good thing. That's a good part of the marriage covenant. That's a part that's supposed to come, but it's not supposed to come until after the covenant has been sealed because that is the final seal on that relationship. It's not the first thing. It's the final seal. And a lot of people are jumping not, not just to sex, but to physical things and to over, over engaging in physical connection before they've even established the first two things. But when you honor God's way of doing things, he'll bless your relationship. I was talking to a friend one time I ran into a neighbor at Walmart and he, and he was like talking to me about his life. And he said, yeah, me and my girlfriend have been having some issues in our relationship. And, and he's like, would you pray for, would you pray for me that God will just bless our relationship? And, uh, and I said, okay, yeah, I can do that. Um, I said, well, before I do that though, brother, can I ask you a question? (laughs) People don't like it when you ask questions about their prayer requests, I have found. But he's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I said, uh, are, are you guys, I kind of like my pastor, I said, are, are you guys married? And he's like, uh, no. I was like, okay. Well, I knew that they weren't married because he said it was his girlfriend. Um, I said, are you, are you guys living together? He's like, uh-huh. I was like, okay. And I just I just went for the jugular vein. I was like, you guys, you guys sleeping together? He's like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, okay. I didn't condemn him. I didn't beat him over the head. He came to me. I didn't, I, I wasn't, you know, uh, Holy Ghost police in his life. I just, he came to me and he asked me to pray for him. And, and so I said, okay. I said, brother, if you want God to, to bless your relationship, you gotta, you gotta do things his way and you gotta honor God with your relationship. And, uh, if you're, if you want God to bless your relationship, but you're going to be having a sexual relationship with your girlfriend, I didn't say to break up with her. I said, you need to get in covenant with her. You need to marry her. If you really love her and you really want God to bless this relationship, you need to get married. And we're talking about people who are in their 40s. You know, they're not young people. And I said, bro, just you need to get married and you need to get in covenant and honor God and do things his way so he can bless it. Because otherwise you're outside of his boundary lines and he can't bless you the way he wants to. And I did pray for him. I did pray with him about that, but I had to speak the truth to him in that moment. And that's the truth. Um, You know, Bono from the band U2 once said, you don't need to ask God to bless what we're doing. We need to get in on what God's already doing because it's already blessed. And if you will do things God's way, there is a blessing that comes with it. But I want to say this too. You know, um, there is there are healthy stages to a relationship. And, and even before you're in a marriage covenant, there are healthy stages to a romantic relationship. And I want to talk about that. I want to talk about what those are and how how to keep a relationship pure particularly before you get in marriage. Because honestly, once you're married, you know, when it comes to your relationship with that person, now you need to keep it pure from outside things. And we get into that in the next podcast. But as far as your relationship with that person, you know, you're in covenant, you know, so, but before that is really when you have to guard purity and when you have to, to, to fight for purity and determine that I'm going to walk in purity and I'm going to honor God with this relationship. And, uh, well, let me go ahead and read some scriptures and then we'll talk some more about it. It says in first John five, um, verse two, it says, by this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and watch this and his commandments are not burdensome. 
Now, this is an interesting thing to get into. God's commandments are not burdensome. You know, in order to please God, we must be responding to his command and not our own self-righteousness. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, um, the Bible says that, that Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, you know, let me ask you this question. Is sexual purity a heavy yoke? Uh-oh. I'll let you think about that for a second. Is is walking in sexual purity in a relationship, or purity in general, is it a heavy burden and a heavy yoke? A lot of people treat it like it is. But Jesus said, number one, his commandments aren't burdensome. And he said that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Now, that does not mean that it's easy to resist temptation all the time. But his burden is easy and his burden is light. And he gives us grace to resist the things that are wrong. So what I'm saying in that is, is all, all I'm simply saying is that God is not unreasonable with us. And God is not being a prude and being just out of the, the ball unreasonable. He made us. He knows how, how we are. He knows the desires that we have. And he's not unreasonable. And his commandments are not impossible. And see, people will say, well, you know, I know the Bible says not to have affairs. And I know the Bible says not to have sexual marriage. But it's just too hard. It's just too heavy. It's too difficult. It's too hard to not do it. It's too hard. And, and the truth is, that's not true. It's not. That's you're calling God a liar. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar because God didn't put a heavy yoke on us. It, it reminds me of the time uh, I'm going to read this here in, in, in Acts in verse 15, uh, when, when they were uh, talking to the Gentiles who had recently come into the church and they were talking about, should we, should we have them, you know, uh, be circumcised or all that? Excuse me. I'm going to take a drink. I'm my kombucha. It says, should we have them circumcised? Should we do all that? You know, and, and then they prayed about it and it says this in Acts 15 verse 28, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. Watch this. You must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. Watch this. If you do these, you will do well. Now, sexual immorality, if you look that up, all it is is just bad behavior, bad or wrong sexual behavior. It's doing things in a wrong way. But it says, if you do these things, you will do well. So it's not a hard or heavy yoke to walk in purity, but a lot of people think it is. A lot of people think it's a hard and heavy yoke. But see, the problem is the reason why a lot of people are having such a hard time with purity is because they are adding yokes onto them that God didn't add to them. Now, this translates to a couple different things. And number one, um, feeding on sexual things that are not godly, feeding on TV and movies and music that is full of sexual immorality. And, and now you can't help what you go to the store and see. You can't help what you go to the, to the mall and see all the time. You can't you live in a world, you can't always help that. There's things that are thrown at us every day. But you can't help what you choose to feed on. And sometimes what we choose to feed on adds an unnecessary burden and a yoke to us that shouldn't be there. 
but it's because we're feeding on the wrong things. Now, listen, temptation's going to come. We will be tempted to do wrong. We will be tempted to sin. But in 1 Corinthians 10, it tells us that there is no temptation but is common to man. And it says that God always makes a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. What am I saying? It's not supposed to be a heavy yoke. A lot of times we're feeding on the wrong things. We're entertaining the wrong things. And it's making it harder than it should be. Because we're living in a society that is celebrating that and trying to get us to do that. And sometimes we have to be intentional about what we feed on and don't feed on. And we can remove a lot of burden from from our from our determination to walk in purity by what we will just simply not feed on and not entertain. And that can be difficult. That can be hard because because sometimes you want to watch movies that have that that because you because it's they're entertaining. Sometimes you want to listen to that music that's not moral. Sometimes you want to do that, but but you are opening yourself up to spiritual influences through those things that are going to make things harder on you than they need to be. Now I'm not saying that you should never talk about sex. We're talking about it right now. The next podcast we're going to talk about it more. I'm not saying we should never address it, or if you're single, you shouldn't even talk about it. No, the Bible talks about it. The Song of Solomon talks about it. But you got to be careful against corrupting influences and wrong spiritual influences and things that carry that. Because sometimes that can add an unnecessary burden on, on your purity and on your walk of purity. But there's another side of this I want to I talk about too. You know, some people are adding unnecessary burdens to themselves in, in the relationships. And, and what I want to make a point of is if God didn't say it, you have no obligation nor grace to do it. Uh-oh. If God didn't say it in his word or to your spirit, if he didn't tell you to do that, then you don't have any grace to do that. And that can be the works of the flesh. That actually, it can be, well, let me say it like this. You know, self-righteousness is setting your own standard of morality and judging other people based on it. It's not about God's morality. Self-righteous people can be religious or they can be atheists. All self-righteousness means is I've created my own standard of morality and that I'm living by and I'm expecting everybody else to live by it and I'm judging them based on that. It has nothing to do with God's standard because we don't want to be self-righteous. We want to be God-righteous. But you know, we, we need grace to walk in purity in a world full of impurity. And grace comes from humility. The Bible says that God gives grace to the humble. Well, humility isn't, is saying, God, what are you telling me to do? Just like in the book of Acts, they said, hey, if you do these things, you will do well. But there are some people who wrongly add unnecessary burdens. There are some religions who, will, you know, who, who forbid to marry. You know, and you see in some of those very things, there's been a lot of scandals and a lot of things like that because that is not a burden that God has added. Now, we talk about that more in the one, um, the last podcast, but God hasn't added that burden. The Bible actually tells us not to forbid to marry, and there's a reason for that. Uh, there's some people in marriage who have, have think they've gotten so holy that they don't have, they're not intimate with their spouses anymore, and that's not right. Paul said, don't do that. That's dangerous. You're, you're putting yourself in a position to be tempted if you do that. Now, obviously, that applies to married people, not single people, but it's worth mentioning. Um, but, you know, if, if God didn't tell me to do something, I'm stepping off into dangerous ground by requiring it of, requiring it of myself. It's almost as if to say, uh, God, you missed something. <laughs> and that's pride. And grace only flows to the humble. And to say, oh, oh, 
you know, like, no, God, you, you, I know you said just do this, but you're telling me to do this and this, or, or I'm going to do this and this and this to, because I'm extra pure. I'm extra moral. And so I'm not going to even, I'm not even going to look at another person. I'm not, and, I'm, and when I say look at him, I don't mean lustfully. I mean, just, you know, I'm not even going to, you know, I'm not even going to make eye contact with a member of the opposite sex because, because I'm super holy, you know, did God say to do that though? Did he say not to do that? What did, what did God say? And, and I'm going to give you a couple examples. I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk bad about anybody. I have no intention of doing that. I'm not going to say any names, but I've heard stories of people who, you know, they, they were, they were very emphatic about, you know, purity, which is a good thing before marriage, but they, they kind of took it to an extreme where it was like, they, they wouldn't even like they got engaged and they, all they would do is side hug. Like they just got engaged to be married, but they're like, they're just side hugging. And that's fine. You, you know, if that's, if you can't, if that you can't handle not doing that, that's okay. And I'm not criticizing that in particular, but then not long after that, there comes out this whole thing where there was actually a, a really bad sexual scandal that happened with that person. And, and it's like, and I'm not judging that person and I'm not saying who they are or anything like that. All I'm saying is you got to be careful because if, if you are trying to go to these extremes, you can be getting over to the works of the flesh and, 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 and there's no grace to do what God didn't tell you to do. I know of people who have written books about, you know, how we, we, you know, I'm not trying to, trying to talk bad about people, but how we shouldn't date and we shouldn't do these things. And, 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 you know, and yet now they've actually walked away from, from God. They've walked away from their marriages. They've embraced wrong lifestyles and things like that. And you see that extreme kind of thing where it's like they go from one extreme to the other. And it's just like, you know, th- there's a healthy balance between those things is what I'm saying. Now, obviously, we should fight for purity and we should have a high standard. We shouldn't just toe the line and get as close to the edge of the cliff without falling over as we can. No, that's not right. We shouldn't do that. But there is a healthy balance to these things and we shouldn't be burdened and and trying to create a heavy yoke that God's not giving us when it comes to our relationships. I'll give you an example. I'm going to get into some details here because because people want to know. Kissing. You know, this is one of those things that has been like, oh, you know, should you kiss before marriage? Should you not kiss? You know, uh, things like that. You know, there's times that I've kissed and I've regretted it. And I immediately I was like, I feel like that was a waste. I don't, that person's not my future spouse. I, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. You know, I've heard some really good messages that talked about wasting your kiss and things like that. And I've heard people, you know, say, I'm going to save kissing for marriage. And, and that's great. That's awesome. Nothing wrong with that at all. That's a personal conviction kind of thing. But I will say this, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna touch on this. Um, in the Bible, kissing was a greeting that showed affection. Um, sometimes you see it was a romantic thing. Sometimes it wasn't a romantic thing. Sometimes it, you know people greeted each other with a kiss, and it was just a sign of of fondness and and love and. And, you know, even when it, even when it is referred to, like the Bible says, when Jacob first saw Rachel, he kissed her. And, and yet, you know, that is not in any way compared to sex. That's not compared to what's supposed to happen within covenant. And, And a lot of times kissing is just an expression of affection and love and even joy. And, and, and it's not necessarily uh, supposed to be this big, hot and heavy thing. Sometimes it's just a, a, a sign of affection. Sometimes it's what I would call light affection. 
And we should have self-control, but we don't have to be weird. That's what I'm saying. We're not supposed to be weird or bizarre. Like the Bible, they weren't weird. Like Jacob was like, oh, wow, Rachel, you're beautiful. I want to marry you. I'm going to kiss you. Like, you know, like that. And I know things were different in that culture in that time, but it wasn't in any way implied that that was impure or wrong. Now, I will say this. You know, I've also known couples who, you know, are not married and they're just, they are literally just toeing the line. <laughs> and I'm not saying I, anybody currently or anything of that. I mean, in the past, the people I've known, you know, who have just towed the line with it and they're just, they, they make out and they just, you know, and, and that is dangerous because, you know, you have to ask yourself, you're making out with somebody, is your, is your flesh in control or is your spirit in control? Because that can be that can be towing the line. That can be really dangerous. Because that is that is just a a few steps away, you know, uh, from from falling into immorality. It, it really, if you're if you're gonna, you know, I'm not trying to get too into the details of this stuff. I'm just saying, don't tow the line with sin. And if it's stirring up the flesh too much, and you know self control is taking the back seat, you need to chill. You need to stop. You need to you need to watch that. But I will just say this: kissing kissing somebody is not in any way way near the category of sex. It's just not. It's not the same thing at all. It's not that way in the Bible. I mean, it's it's that's just not the same thing. That's a personal conviction kind of thing, but you you need to know what, how things are affecting you. And in all things, you need to be exercising the fruit of the spirit of self-control. Does that make sense? Okay. There is a healthy, appropriate level of affection to express as a relationship progresses. If you've ever have an opportunity to exercise self-control, I'm sorry, let me say that I'm reading notes. (laughs) If you never have an opportunity to exercise self-control in little ways, it can be hard to when you are married and thrown in by the seat of your pants. <laughs> I didn't mean to write that. Okay. Self-control doesn't end after you're married because, you know, you, you're supposed to protect that and preserve that. You know, it's not that you're not supposed to show any affection at all before you get married. You need to be guarded and you need to fight for purity no matter what. But it's not that you're, you're not supposed to ever show affection before you get married. That can be an unnecessary yoke. But again, is if you're being led by the spirit, you're not under the law. But if you don't want to be under the law, what do you have to do? You have to be led by the spirit and you have to be walking in the fruit of the spirit of self-control. And that means self-control is in the driver's seat, not in the trunk. And, you know, we can only overcome sin with God's words. I'm going to read this to you. Uh, Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Well, if God didn't say it to you, then it's not going to help you overcome sin. If you're just making up your own words, if you're just making up your own things, your own standards, that's not going to help you overcome sin. You need to have his word on it. You need to say, God, what are you saying to me about this? And listen, if God tells you don't kiss until you get married, don't kiss until you get married, but there will be grace to do it. Do what he says to do because there will be grace to do it because sexual purity and purity in general is not a heavy yoke. It's not meant to be. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, I'll read this again. In the Passion Translation, it says, Are you weary carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, and easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me, for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. In other words, 
it's not supposed to be this this heavy, hard thing like, oh God, like this is so hard. Like I wish you weren't putting this burden of purity on me. No, that you're not doing it right. You're operating in self righteousness or or you're feeding on the wrong things or you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, but it's not him. He's not the problem. He's not the one making it hard on you. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. We should not get our standard from an unholy world. We should get our standard from Jesus, and that's how we will experience fun, blessed, burden-free relationships that are pleasing to God when we get our standards from Him. Now, I'm not trying to give you a license to do something wrong, and I'm not trying to hinder you from, from anything. I'm just, I'm reading the Word to you, and I'm saying that there are healthy boundaries in relationships, and there are also healthy progressions of of affection and things of that nature. But like I said, it's supposed to go in the order of spirit, soul, and body. And yes, there is a level of physical connection that is not supposed to happen until you are in a marriage covenant. And that is very clear in the word. You can, you know, you can't get around that. And there is a reason for that because you're not just, just being affectionate. You are becoming one flesh. And there's a reason why that's reserved for covenant. We're going to get more into that topic in the next podcast, which is called Honor and Sex, where we talk about that from a biblical, godly perspective. But I just want to say that today, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And when you allow your relationships to be built in that order of spirit, soul, and last body in the right way at the right time, that is when you'll have a connection that is not easily broken. And that's the way that God designed it. So maybe you agree with that. Maybe you don't. That's the revelation I feel like I've gotten from the word of God. And I hope that blesses you. I hope that helps you. My heart above everything else is purity and is to walk in purity and to help other people walk in purity. Because when we have a clear conscience before God, we can be used of God and and we can walk in peace and confidence toward God. And we don't give Satan any access into our relationships. We don't give Satan any access. And, And listen, we should always defer to the higher standard. We shouldn't just be towing the line and seeing what we can get away with. No honor. That's what we're going to talk about in the next podcast. Honor brings blessing. Okay. This has been the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. I will talk to you the next time you click play. I meant to say something that rhymed with that and I forgot what it was, but that's okay. That's okay. Because, you know, we're at the end here and it doesn't really matter how I end this because at this, at this point, you've already made it through the whole podcast. You've already listened to it. So I can really say whatever I want at this point. But I do hope you come back and listen to the other ones. So, because they're, they're good. It's good stuff. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to the No Contempt Podcast. If you want to, you can follow me on social media at No Contempt. Or if you don't want to, then you don't have to. So don't. Don't worry about it. But whatever you do, please remember these three things. Number one, God loves you. Number two, you are valuable. And number three, so is everyone else. And number four, please don't forget to feed the ducks.